You're listening to One Man and His Wilderness Podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of one man and his wilderness. On today's show, we get to speak with Chris Starin. Chris is the writer and director of the Christian films, Bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls. And he's also the author of the time travel thriller novel, Cradle Robber. And now he's the host of the Truce podcast. That's T-R-U-C-E, not T-R-U-T-H. Today we speak to Chris about how the time in the wilderness has really shaped him and, and helped him learn more about who God is and the role that he plays in his life. We talked to him about his time spent in California on the John Muir Trail all the way to trails in Iceland. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and without further ado, let's jump right into it. And we're live. So very cool. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. For, for joining me. So for those of you that are watching this right now, um, this is Chris Starin. Chris is, um, he is the host of the Truce podcast, which I'm a fan of, by the way. Thanks, you, when you reached out and told me um, what you were doing with it, I started listening and just listened to um, the episode this morning about the end of the world, the end times. And oh, so yes. It, it, it started out with you hiking up on a mountain to watch the eclipse. Yeah. So that was really cool. I was like, oh man, you know, this is, this is really exciting. So um, so Chris, well, just to get started here, kind of just tell, tell people a little bit about who you are. Um, I've already kind of, you know, given a, a description of some of your accomplishments and what you do, but just kind of give us a, give us a little idea of who, who Chris Starin is. Sure. Uh, complex individual. Now I, uh, I'm also the writer director of the films, bringing out Bobby in between the walls, which are Christian films you can find on pure flicks and on Amazon prime and the uh, author of the novel uh, Cradle Robber, which is a time travel thriller, also a Christian novel, probably unlike anything else you'll read out there. Uh, it's a little dark, but I'm really proud of it. Um, yeah, I'm the host of the Truce podcast, and none of these have really earned me a living, so I'm also a school bus driver in western Wyoming. So that's the most glamorous wow. of all the jobs. That's that's where God humbles me the most. Oh, day man. Day. <laughs> yeah. I would say that can be some pretty interesting drives. I'm not sure it snows a lot there. So. It does. Yeah, it's yeah. really the snow that's the problem. It's usually the kids. Right. Now, where I live in East Tennessee, we get snow maybe twice a year. And oh. so nobody knows how to drive in it. Um, I lived right. in Colorado for a period, so I kind of got used to it. But um, school will be out for a week if there's like two inches of snow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> They've canceled snow one day here in the last... 20 something years um yeah, yeah. so yeah. we're always driving yeah always. Yep. that's that's awesome that's cool so that's really cool that you get to enter what what age group are you driving the, the school bus for uh, i'm a permanent sub yeah so i'll drive whatever they need me to drive uh which is yeah it's fine it's uh like i said it's a, a big humbling experience because uh it's a lot a good kind of stand-in for life like, uh, you can only kind of do your part, you know, you're, you're driving the school bus and it's 40 feet long. And your most important thing is keeping you and the other drivers and these kids safe. And so you have to kind of focus on that. And what's the main goal, because what's happening in the back of the bus, sometimes you can, you can only do so much, you know, it is 40 feet away and you've got yes. sometimes 50 to 70 kids on that bus. 
Um, yeah. And so you just, and you can't get so distracted by stopping them from being crazy back there that you run into something else, uh, you know, with right. your bot. So it's it's and, a big yeah it's a big standing right. life. You got to stay focused on the most important things. Yeah. yeah. And what a that's just a cool opportunity to just build relationships too with these students. So that's 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 really awesome that you have that that opportunity, uh, especially being a follower of Jesus. That's that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so you talking about getting kind of into the the meat of the of the show here and talking about yeah. you know wilderness and how that has been a. a formative part of, of our lives. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that you had hiked a lot on the John Muir Trail this summer. And now, how do you pronounce the name of this trail in Iceland? Oh, uh, Lagavegar. Lagavegar, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to get into all of that for sure. Yeah. But to take it a step back, what, in your younger years, like how, how did wilderness play a part when you were young? Or if it did yeah. at all? It really didn't. Uh, it's, uh, I... I grew up in Ohio and out there like ball sports are king. So playing baseball or football or soccer, and I'm not coordinated enough to do that kind of stuff. Um, so that was the idea of uh, the outdoor activities there. Yeah. So I became a theater kid. Um, and actually I'm still an improv comedian. Now we nice. perform out here. One of the many things I do. And, uh, so I, I grew up kind of overweight actually. And then, um, uh, when we started, my, my brother and I moved to Los Angeles to work in the secular film industry, and we started hiking out there a little bit and toying with mm -hmm. it, and then running a little bit, and then uh, when we moved back to Ohio to make our films, uh, we started running, and then we'd search out any park that we could find, and they're not, you know, they're not, not very technical parks, you know, they're just like rolling hills. There was one park in Ohio that I hiked in that it said expert, um, like on the, the sign, this is an expert trail. And I could have done it in a wheelchair. It was really pretty flat and pretty smooth. But um, so, yeah, and then uh, my brother and I moved out to Wyoming here after we stopped making movies. It's like, oh, there's just opportunity. Um, I should probably try some of this. Um, you know, having grown up a heavy set kid, I was like, I, I probably I really don't even know how to live a healthy life. I don't really know how to be outdoors. Mm. Um, so I, like, I've just been kind of like cobbling together the knowledge as I've been out here. Um, like the first time I hiked up a mountain to ski down it, um, I got like my little Jansport, like, like day pack and <laughs> yeah. I got bungee cords that I had and I bungeed my skis to my back, uh, and my ski boots, uh, because I didn't know you could wear your ski boots up. And so the whole way up, the, the skis and the boots were bouncing all the way, all the way up the mountain. Uh, but I did it, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome um, to, to finally get it. And then, of course, you buy good gear and you realize, oh, this is easier and better with good gear. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, um, it's been neat because uh, in a way it's like God had taken something that I was like – deep inside mm -hmm. my heart, like wanting to be able to know what this physical fitness thing was about, wanting to like be out in the world. And he answered it in a way that was different than how I grew up. It, it wasn't <laughs> about ball sports. It was about going out in the wilderness and hiking or mountain biking. Um, and that's been very good for my soul to be able to get out, mm -hmm. uh, explore, and just kind of see these amazing things that God created that are way back there that only a few people get to see. So.
That's awesome, man. I um, you're talking about going from Ohio, which is pretty low elevation, to yeah. moving to Wyoming, which is pretty high, you know, elevation. Um, man, that contrast. I remember when I was um, 19, I moved to Colorado, yeah. uh, and I lived in Breckenridge for a little bit. Yeah. And a, a guy that I was living with, he was like, "Let's hike up here." It was like in, you know probably it was in the fall it was before the snow started coming and but you could hike up to the mountain and there was still snow on the top and he was like let's go up there and, and ride a little bit i was a snowboarder and i was like yeah that's no problem it's not that far and man we started hiking and i literally would have to we hiked up the ski uh, slope and so every pole to every pole i would have to rest like every ski pole the ski that's lift fine pole. oh yeah. man it was it was one of the my first introduction to elevation and what that does to the human body and man it was uh quite an experience but we made it to the top and we got to snowboard a little bit and all was all was good with the world well, it's um, one of the great things about that kind of outdoor sport is it's not necessarily about the speed it's right. about the accomplishment and getting yeah just yeah. Right. unlike you know a ball sport where it's like i have to take this ball and run as fast right. as i can if you're not fast it doesn't really matter when you're hiking right. you know? yeah and especially at altitude you know that's kind of the it's not a slow is fast, you know, I mean, that is the, um, that is what you should do. I had the opportunity to hike a big mountain in Ecuador last year, like 19,400 feet. And that was one thing that I learned was like, take a step, rest, take a step, rest. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I can understand how you feel going from there to there, what that's like. So, and you live in near Jackson Hole, correct? I do. I live in Jackson. Oh, yeah. Man, what a beautiful place. Uh, always wanted to visit there. Um, yeah, well, you know who to visit if you do. Yeah. Hey, I know somebody now. That's good. And I think the same goes. Uh, I live in the very tip of East Tennessee. So with, with the Appalachian Mountains are all around us. Yeah. Um, Appalachian, not Appalachian. So I, I just want to perfect this. Um, so talking about, you know, um, your, you didn't really have much of an experience in the wilderness as a kid. Um, I'm talking about that that physical challenge is kind of what drew you into to getting involved and to seeing um, what what was out there. Um, as far as as that goes, what were some of the things you found most challenging about um, being in the wilderness as an, as a new person experiencing that? Right. Well, first of all, like I live where there are bears. Uh, and so just kind of getting over that fear of, oh, there could be a bear here, you know, because in Ohio, there aren't, you know, aren't really bears. So, uh, you know, we have like grizzlies, like serious bears here. And, uh, and so it was just like partially getting over that fear of, oh, you know, there, there could be an animal here. And then of course, learning to read the topography was new. Uh, so it's not, there aren't street signs and things. And a lot of where my brother and I hike out here is national forest or, um, uh, BLM land, uh, national, mm-hmm. the wilderness. And so the, the signs may have like been stolen decades ago. And so you'll get to a trail junction and it's like, I don't know what that trail is. <laughs> so you have to be able to read the topography. And that was, that was a, and continues to be a real challenge. Uh, we, we got off on a hike this year and I've, I've been hiking now around here for nine years and we got off on a, a hike and, uh, it was between two trails and I, I chose one and it got narrower and narrower and we started seeing bear poop uh and then yeah and then my brother found a crisp 20 dollar bill on the ground which made no sense it was like the like the bears were baiting humans with money you know and uh and it was like this is not a good place you know we were getting into a tighter and tighter canyon yeah you still find yourself in those situations so you have to 
you have to be able to stop. I think one of the most important things I ever learned was in a hunter safety class. And it was just like, if you ever get like in a bad situation, just stop, calm yourself down and reassess the situation. Um, Cause that that's come in handy so many times. Um, because if you panic, you're going to make bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we, yeah, we were able to assess the situation and then found our way eventually to a good trail, which was awesome. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh man. I couldn't imagine being, cause where I live, it's not, we don't have a wilderness area. That's just this, you know, the vast expanse like you have in, in the mm-hmm. mountains out there. And so that's something that, you know, we have the Appalachian trail, which is really about it. It's a yeah, national forest. Which is cool. It is really cool, and I'm not. And I don't want to downplay that by any means, but um, just the 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 opportunity to go into the back country, you know, that you have out there is is awesome. Um, so, uh, looking at your at your hiking this summer on the John Muir Trail, and yeah. again, that name I can't pronounce. Um, Lago Vega. Yeah. Lago Vega. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you know what? Um, what was that? What was that like for you? What kind of uh, drew you out there and particularly to, to Iceland, but you know, what yeah. was that experience like for you this summer? Would you, you said you hiked over 300 miles. That's a lot I did. of, yeah. Lot of uh, on a, on a various yeah. different trips. Um, sure. Right. Yeah, it was uh, 130 miles on the John Muir trail. And wow. uh, I initially started out, I was going to start with a friend and then end with a different friend. And uh, the first friend dropped out. And uh, so for the first eight days I had to hike alone. And, uh, I was carrying too much weight on my back and I got really sick, but I praise God, I was able to keep going and I got ahead of schedule, Mm -hmm. but, um, it was honestly, it was a very lonely time. Uh, it was, uh, it was rough. Uh, it's on the Pacific crest trail intersects with the Pacific crest. Um, and then, um, so there were a lot of PCT hikers going through, through hikers who had already hiked 800 miles at that point. And they were super friendly, but they'd hiked much further than I had. So they were way faster than I was. So I'd make a friend and then, boo, they'd be gone, you know. Um, so it just got to be kind of a, a lonely hike, uh, which is, I mean, it's a good time to reflect back on your relationship with God when you're in those lonely moments um, and just realize, you know, uh, that he can get you through things, but it's not like he's going to stop you from being in difficult situations, especially when you put yourself into those positions like I did. Uh, by the way, I... I I should be honest, and I, I misled my mother, who thought that I was with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, Miss Darren, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, but she was gonna have a, I, uh, you know, she was gonna panic, and I didn't want her to panic. Um, but uh, yeah, and and also on the John Muir Trail, you, like that section, there's no cell service at all, so they didn't know if I was alive or dead for eight days. But oh no, that's that's how it goes. That's yeah. the backcountry. Yeah, that's um, it. And uh, anyway, so it was, yeah, it got really lonely out there for a while um, because I was hiking alone. Um, but uh, I, like I said, it's, it's a good um, opportunity to reassess that, like, God doesn't always stop you from going in bad situations because it was my choice to be there, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he'll go with Because I think in a lot of those times in those wilderness moments, it's easy to curse God. Um, and I was, you know, I've been tempted a few times to be like, you know, I'm walking away from you because of this. Uh, but it's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. never worth it to walk away from the Lord for those things. Because uh, if you hang hang in there, he'll be true, you know. Yeah. And um, but uh, yeah, and then once I met up with my friend, I had to like 
do a good check with myself to be like, can I even talk to another person and make sense? Because mm. I was, I was, I was talking out loud to myself. I was singing like I got the same loops of songs stuck in my head over and over and over again. And there's this stupid thing, the original Iron Man movie, the trailer, not even in the movie, there's this like Iron Man sound <laughs> at the end of the trailer. Yes. And that got stuck in my head oh. over and over again. Iron Man. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it was it got a little bit crazy and then so when i met up with my friend at the end i just had to like calm down and like put it back together you know right right that was i was i don't know if i've ever been so happy to see another human being in my life uh it was it was great it was really great um and then from then on like the the remaining days just super easy uh because i had my friend there yeah yeah those times uh that's, that's one thing that I try to frequently do is to have those times of solitude like yeah. that. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not. I've not done eight days of solitude like yeah. that. Um, but man, those are some of the coolest times where like just God really speaks to me. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that you like you said, just experienced that um, him just coming in and just, you know, working in your heart while you're out there because you don't have anybody to talk to. And really, it's, yeah. it's you know, um, that's one thing I love about the wilderness is that the trials that can come up at any time, whether it's um, due to the you know needing somebody to talk to or the um, weather can change or just the physical terrain of it, the, the trials that are present really make us have to like lean in and depend on the Lord. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of a question that I want to ask you is, you know, through your time on the trail, is there like one particular moment um or a trial that stood out to you that really just tested you and really tested your, your trust in the Lord. There were so many, (laughs) there were so many moments of trial. Uh, I mean, like I remember I got to this point on the second day where I was so tired that I couldn't go another hundred feet. You know, Mm. it was, it was just like, I have to put down camp right here. Um, and I was lonely, so I wanted to like camp with other people, but there were no other people around. Mm. And so I was like trying to get my body to move further to go find other people, but I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And I was just absolutely at the end of my yeah. energy level. Um, and that, yeah, that was that was a trial moment. Uh, but I think in a lot of ways, like I I rely very heavily on other people in my life. Um, I'm a very social animal. Mm-hmm. And um, and so sometimes getting away from that can kind of remind me that it's it's really the Lord who provides me my help mm-hmm. and my strength. Now on the the flip side of that is there's also like these great moments um, on that trail where I get to like a mountain pass that had been kicking my butt for hours and I finally get to the top of it and and you get to see like I I was sick like I said so I had a hard time sleeping and I get up at 4:30 every morning just naturally and I couldn't fall back asleep. Mm. So I was in, uh, usually at the top of whatever pass I had to get through that day by sunrise. Um, and so, you know, so I'd see the sun rising over oh, these passes day after day. And probably the biggest one is called Muir Pass. Um, and at the time I was there, it was like late June, 2018. And um, there was still a lot of snow leading up to it. Um, and so you're slapping around and snow and uh, the goal was to get up there before the sun really got up so that the snow was still hard right. um, and you didn't have to like you know you didn't post hole you know, right. straight down um so i had to get up early and trudge up there and 
it was it was cold and it was difficult, but uh, the sunrise up there was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like there were all these people and got to hang out with us, so really cool folks at the top. Um, and uh, I tend to like seeing the doxology when I get to the top of mountains or on top of hills. You know, praise God from whom yeah. all blessings flow. And so that's that's my little thing. I like to do that. Yeah, um, that's really cool, man. That's uh. Yeah. I, I have I kind of have one of those things too. Um, the guy that disciples me um, is he kind of taught me this and walked through this with me. He's like, anytime we get to a big peak, though, um, it's Psalm eight is what we read, and it's just you know uh, just made for us to reflect on just the the magnitude of all that we see, and then like, who am I? Who is man that you would care so much for me? You know? Yeah. Um, it, and that's the thing too, man. It's like. You know, I love how wilderness makes us feel so small and to acknowledge all of the beauty of creation um, helps us realize that, man, God thinks that's good, but he thinks we are so very good and so much worth yeah. more than that. Yeah. And that's just a humbling experience, you know? Yeah. And I so, always like that. You get that little sense of like this little view that I've got when nobody else is around. This God just kind of blessed me yeah. with this. Like it's a very, it can feel very personal sometimes, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that I um, advocate for. So I'm really involved in student ministry. Yeah. And you know, that's one thing that I try to, especially in the world and then the society that we have today that's so connected and so um, just um, not really venturing outside of our, our devices. You know, yeah. and that's how that's my brother is um, 19. And man, he like he they're so connected. Yeah. to their device and it's it's like hard to speak in person to people right. uh, sometimes yeah. uh, and that's just such a crazy concept to me and so you know that's one thing that i like to do is like bring others with me to experience this this creation that points to the creator you know yeah and awesome. so um what has that um what does that look like for you i mean as far as bringing others along uh, on yeah. your journey and like being able to use that to um, form relationship and just create opportunities to to speak truth into their life. Yeah, what's well, great because again you're right it is hard to get people away from their devices, but if you get out in a lot of the wilderness here you can't there's no cell, cell service at all. Right. Um so you're just kind of cut off. But um no it's been good like uh when you're in that kind of an intimate situation where it's just you and somebody else or you and two other people, uh you can if you're intentional about it start kind of like salting in certain yeah. Good questions, you know, to start asking people. And it depends on the friend if they're, you know, if they're believers or not. Right. Um, I can, you know, usually ask them the hard questions about purity and stuff like that, especially yeah. with guys. Um, that's that's a great time to do it. Um, or else non-Christian friends, like the guy who I met up with at the end of the John Muir Trail, not a believer, but we had some really strong um, godly conversations on mm-hmm. the trail as well, which was a real blessing. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a good sense of accomplishment, um, you know, because you're kind of working. To, I think that we, we as people tend to like a common goal, uh, mm-hmm. and we build good bonds together when we have a common goal. And so, uh, if you've got that common goal to get up to that top of that pe- uh, peak or that mountain pass, uh, that bonds you together. And if you can kind of work Christ in there as well, um, mm-hmm. it just it's a very strong bond that way. Yeah. I think it's a really great way to 
to do ministry. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing I try to tell people too, is like, you know, wilderness um, adventure and it's really experiential education, right? And yeah. uh, there is a whole like Knowles. I think you, you probably have some Knowles schools in Wyoming we do. maybe. Yeah, that's yep. what I'm thinking. Um, like the outdoor leadership is a, is a up and coming thing and it's getting more popular um, as we, you know, as, as we grow and people, and as the cities grow, people start saying, hey, like maybe I need to be outside of the cities, you know? Um, yeah. So my kind of my heart is how do we uh, as the church um, utilize that opportunity and incorporate that into the way that we minister because Jesus was such, he was the first outdoor minister. You know, he modeled this healthy rhythm of where he would work, preach, teach, heal in the cities, but then he would retreat to a desolate place to spend time in prayer. And he would often take his disciples there with him. It's like, how do we, you know, how do we incorporate the way that he did things into our into our lives and you know maybe that's something you know i don't know what what's your feelings about that what do you what do you think i think we can be like honestly the older i've gotten the more i've seen that god uses everything um like he can use anything um and so if it's a city if it's a suburb it's the back country he can speak through people um anywhere that you're you know anywhere he wants to really he doesn't even need you <laughs> but if you're right. willing as a servant you know like to be intentional about your relationships with people it can happen anywhere yeah um sure. you know like when i was in college uh we i went to a very secular very liberal college called ithaca in uh, upstate new york and uh nick and i would my brother and i would be in class and there would be these conversations that would come up and it like there was a math class where a teacher just like made an offhanded negative comment about Christianity. You're like, this is a math class. What, what reason would you even have to do that? You know? Right. Um, and so the opportunities are always coming up if you're looking for them. But the, the back country is great because you do have that ability to kind of shut down the, the devices and things like that. Mm. Um, and they say that even like having a cell phone visible um, uh, deteriorates the level of conversation you're going to have with somebody. Mm. Um, so you know, if you're out with your your friends and you ha- put your phone on the table, you know it's not going to be a good as good a conversation as it would be if the phones were gone. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, so uh, you, you get out there in that bunk, back country, and then you're relying on each other, and you have that common goal. I think that's that is a great way to do it. But really, God can work through anything yeah. at any time, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the one of the trainings that I went to is a wilderness ministry training and. One of the first things that stood out to me was just along those same lines that you're talking about is like, you know, the time that we spend in the wilderness with people that we're seeking to lead is very short in comparison to the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. And so it's like the one phrase that I that stuck with me that said, it said, if you don't have a healthy front country ministry, then you'll never have a thriving back country ministry. Oh, I like that. So just speaking to the, you know, like you have to know people you know, and be involved in their lives and, and have those discipling relationships with them. Uh, and then the, the wilderness just kind of magnitudes that and takes it to a new, a new level. Yeah. So, um, well, you have to be able to like read their secret signals too, yeah. because we as people are really bad about communicating our needs. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and yeah, I found like taking people in the backcountry often, they will be dying and not tell me that they're dying, you know, like, and yeah. then, and then they get angry at me uh, because they haven't, you know, I didn't interpret, I wasn't paying attention to what their needs were. Right. Um, that's kind of, again, like similar in ministry. It's like it, you can just like bulldoze ahead with a gospel tract or whatever. But if you're not paying attention to what their needs are, it's not really going to work as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
man. So talking about, you know, any, you've been on the John Muir Trail and, and hiked in Iceland. I, I'm not going to be able to get the name of that trail down. I, it, it, I was done with the trail before I could say it right. <laughs> um, yes, that one. Um, do you have any upcoming adventures that you want to tackle? Maybe some, some new trails that like, what's the, what's the next big thing that you want to do as far as um, yeah. out in the wilderness? Well, I was out in uh, Switzerland a year and a half ago, um, and um, I was just touring around, staying in hostels and stuff like that. And then I found out that there were all these um, hostels uh, that you can hike to uh, going up and over mountain passes and stuff. And you don't have to pack a, 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 a tent. Um, you, you know, they can have food right there. So it's like that's kind of the biggest one that I'd like to do. Um, but also uh, some friends and I have this um, tradition going over President's Day weekend. Uh, we rent a cabin in the National Forest, and then we cross-country ski into it uh, nice. with all of our gear on our backs, um, you know, food and pots and pans and sleeping bags, pillows, and then we camp out for three days. Wow. Uh, so praise God, uh, Lord willing, we'll be out there um, cross-country skiing. The first year we did it, it was 14 miles into the cabin, Wow! Uh, which if you've ever cross-country skied, is a long way. Um, <laughs> and uh, so this year it's six and a half miles, which is much more attainable. Um Wow. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great adventure. Like you get up in the middle of the night because they, they usually have an, an outhouse detached um, from the cabin. You get up in the middle of the night and you can hear coyotes howling all yeah. around you, you know, and it can be a little spooky. <laughs> yeah. But it's great fun, you know, yeah. get out there and there's no light anywhere near you. Uh, and you're in a, in a toasty little cabin. Um, so yeah, it's that's that's the next big adventure for us. Yeah. That sounds like my kind of place, for yeah, sure. Come on out. Oh, we got man. people who could fit in there. We've only got yeah. like six people signed up. So. Well, that's awesome. That's really yeah. cool, man. Um, Chris, man, I really appreciate you just taking the time to sit down yeah. with me and, and talk about this and just kind of share your story and your experience with just how God has worked in your in your heart through these experiences. And um, if you were going to encourage anybody that yeah. you know may be in the place that you were in, um, yeah. not really experiencing that, like how, how – what advice would you give them um, as far as taking that step into to exploring the wilderness a little bit further? Yeah, I think just like set set obtainable goals, but things that push you just a little bit. You know, that's the main thing. Because um, around here we have a lot of friends that'll like hike at the the base level, at the valley level, um, and they'll think, oh, I'll get in shape for that that you know for the big August hike Chris wants to do up in the peaks. It's like, you're not going to be ready. Like you got to push yourself just a little bit every day. But like, if you grew up and you're not like in shape, like I'm not, I'm, I'm all legs. Uh, Everything up is not in shape. Um, But uh, if you're not in shape and your body's not there, just kind of start one little bit at a time. Like my brother and I, when we started uh, running, um, jogging, we we just started walking. That's where we were. And we'd Mm. walk around this park near our house, like, twice and then we did it three times and then we started like i'll run 10 feet and then i'll stop i'll take a break and then i'll run 20 feet you just kind of have to kind of gradually push yourself but the other thing is like find a sport that you can love yeah um because not everybody's gonna like the same things um you know like uh uh i really like to mountain bike uh, but i'm not great at it um uh so like for me it's it's also finding people who are at my level and can have fun not trying to kill themselves, um, <laughs> yeah. which is hard to find out here. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just take your time, but set set goals that are just a little bit above what you are comfortable with. 
Yeah. And find what that, you like. Yeah. I think that's really, that's really awesome advice. And like, as you were talking about that and talking about just taking those, you know, obtainable goals at a time, just like a chunk at a time, right, man, like what a picture of our walk with the Lord, you yeah. know, there's so many times that we just want to be there, you know, and be just so, yeah. you know, on those mountaintops and we just want to stay on the mountaintop, you right. know, but that preparation that you were talking about, like it takes time and one step at a time to get to the mountaintop, but also we can't live on the mountaintop, right? We got, right. we live in the valleys. And so those experiences yeah have to carry us through. And so, man, yeah, what a perfect picture that you painted there for our walk with the Lord. Yeah. Well, it's also like, again, the older I get, the more I'm convinced that God uses everything. Um, so even if you like, I, there are a lot of days where I'm like, I can't even put together a sentence, let alone share the gospel. And God will put somebody in, in front of us or in front of me. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess now I have to do it, even though I'm exhausted yeah. and I don't have the words and, you know, angry at something. Um, God, God uses people all the time, everywhere in different conditions. Um, yeah. so, I mean, we can get like, we'll, we'll pick some person, some, you know, celebrity Christian. We'll be like, I'll never be like that person. I'll never be a Francis Chan or whatever. Uh, yeah. Like God didn't create you to be Francis Chan. God created Francis Chan to be Francis Chan. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your goal is to serve where you are, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to do your best with what you've got, which is like what they tell you when you're on an island um like you get shipwrecked it's like you need to gather all of your things together all of your tools and see what you've got you know mm-hmm. and then make a plan from there like in your own life don't look at like if you're on your own little island uh don't look at like uh all those things in the big city because you're not at the big city you're on the island right. you know look at all of your materials that are set before you and figure out what you can do with what's there mm-hmm. um, and that's like like when we did the movies and stuff like that, if you watch Bring Out Bobby or Between the Walls, you'll see they're not high budget films. Uh, they were both made for like $30,000 each, which is a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of money in the film world. Um, but it was like, that's what we had. We had $30,000, right. you know, and you just had to do what you could with what you have. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, God will use you where you are, you yeah. know, instead of trying to be, you know, James Cameron or whatever, you know, try to be yeah. you. Yeah. Oh man, that is, that is awesome. That is, that is so good. Um, that, that's man. And it reminds me one time again, just like the, the parallel of that to the, the woman who only gave one single coin, right. Yeah. But she gave everything she had. That was what she had. And she gave more than anybody. Right. And so, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's so encouraging. Uh, so thank you for, for yeah. sharing that. And man, before, before we leave here, how can, uh, how can people get in touch with you or where, where can they find you and hear more about what you do? Yeah. Um, so there's a few different things. Um, so, uh, trucepodcast.com is the website. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at trucepodcast. And that's truce, T-R-U-C-E, not truth, T-R-U-T-H. Uh, people get that mixed up. And of course, it's on the uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and on um, Spotify, anywhere you can get your podcasts. And uh, if you're uh, interested in what we're doing, honestly, uh, be praying for the show, but also be mm-hmm. praying for the town where I live, um, yeah. because it's uh, Jackson, Wyoming, uh, because we have, it's a pretty dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people running away from uh, something, often yeah. running away from God or their parents or our job or something. Um, and there's a, just a lot of ministry needs here. This is mm-hmm. kind of an open 
door for ministry. Uh, but the, as the Bible says, the harvest is right, but the workers are few. Yes. Um, and uh, if you could be praying for, for Jackson, mm. that would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll and I'll throw um, links to uh, all of those locations in the show notes. So whoever, wherever you're listening to this, you can click on the show notes and uh, a, a link will take you right to Chris um, where you can get in contact with him. Um, but yeah, man, so on, a, on a, to end everything out and to just... Um, which we kind of started on this note. I would like to to pray for you and pray for uh, for Jackson and just just what the Lord has you there doing. So um, yeah, so man, let's 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 pray real quick. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this time that we've got to share uh, with Chris. Um, thank you for his heart. Thank you for uh, just the, the the place that you have him in uh, in his life right now. And thank you that he is just in this deep and abiding relationship with you, because we know that as we abide in you, you will bear much fruit in us. So Jesus, I pray for Chris and uh, where you have him in Jackson. And just, you know, the the darkness that is there uh, and the culture that is there is very much a culture that is um, not focused on you. It's very self-focused. And so Jesus, I pray that as Chris is um, planting seeds of the gospel in that town, that you would um, that you would take it and that you would grow it into something magnificent, more than he could ever have imagined, um, so that you would get all the glory for that. Pray that you would give him uh, a few men that he's just pouring himself into and laying his his life down on the line for these men, uh, because we know that there is no greater love than that, from what you say in John 15. So God, I pray that as he lays his life down uh, for your for your sake and for your cause, uh, that you would bear much fruit through that. So, Lord, we just thank you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, man. Man, thank you so much, Chris. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to continuing to, to listen to your show and just seeing Thanks. what God's doing in your life, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show, everybody. There's three things you can do if you enjoy the show. Number one, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any shows that we put out, and that's the easiest way to do so. Number two, leave us a review on the podcasting platform in which you're listening to this on. It just helps give us some feedback as to what you like about the show and helps others as well. And the third thing, share. Because you never know who needs to hear the perspective of one man in his wilderness. 